Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. When our creator, the Lord of this universe, operated on Adam in the garden, what was he up to? Inside Adam was the makings of his companion, his perfect match. Eve. Inside Adam was all that Eve was to become, but it had to come out of Adam and be put into Eve in order to be appreciated and loved by Adam. Everything that was now in Eve used to be part of Adam. The scriptures said that they made Adam in their image, and when Adam and Eve came together, they completed the image of God. So the simplicity in the waffle part remained in Adam, and the intricately complex with everything intertwined was placed into Eve. That's the spaghetti part. The bottom line, women are different than men. Oh, rocket science here. They think different, they're wired different, and they learn different. The needs of their discipleship are different, and their stories are different. So, we launch another She Works For Him episode today with Martha and Caroline Mendez, taking the reins and highlighting the story of Ellie Neves. They take their leadership strategies for women. Ellie Neves, welcome back. Welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about chatting with you all today. So, Ellie... Were you encouraged to be a leader when you were young, or did you just find yourself naturally leading as you were growing up? I found myself leading naturally, but it's because I had a strong role model. My mother was a community activist, and she worked to ensure that people in our community in the South Bronx in New York City, where I grew up, had access to jobs, quality health care, education, and social justice. And in order to do so, my mom worked with other community leaders to form coalitions and lead organizations. So long before I knew that there was a name for it, leadership was being modeled for me. So naturally, as I was growing up, whenever I saw what I considered to be an injustice, (laughs) I instinctively kicked into leadership mode to address it. Mm. That's awesome. You know, when it's modeled around you, um, you just kind of, you're learning to lead with confidence um, and you don't even really necessarily know it. Ellie, when did you realize that your faith and your work were integrated or that God cared about what you do in your work? So I, I was working at a large company and um, I had this decorative pillow that said, uh, prayer, just do it. It was just sitting there in my office. And uh, this young woman walked by my office, she saw it, and she approached me and she told me how much she was encouraged by the pillow because she thought that when she came to work, she needed to leave her faith outside. Hmm. And that was really encouraging to me because it told me, you know what, you don't have to leave your work outside the door when you come into work. And it actually inspired me to launch a a Bible study at work. And uh, that Bible study ran for many years uh, during our lunch hour. A number of coworkers would just get together. We would pray and study the Bible together. And when I moved on to another company, it was interesting how I landed at a company that already had an ongoing lunchtime Bible study, and I plugged right into it. So um, 
if it wasn't for that young woman making that comment to me, it would have never occurred to me that so many of us do go to work, especially Christians that work in large corporations and urban sectors where, um, you know, it's a secular market and you don't necessarily think about integrating your faith and your work on a day-to-day basis. Many times I hear when I do speak at corporations or organizations, someone always asks the questions, why aren't more women supportive of other women in the workplace? And I think it's because the higher up you go in organizations, the more you realize that there are fewer of us getting Mm -hmm. to the top in corporate America in particular. So I think that the more that we can support each other when we do get to the top, uh, the more important it is that we become mentors to help others get up there with us. Mm. You know, and that seems like it's so countercultural because it's like, you know, the whole dog eat dog world. And um, I want to climb the ladder and, you know, crawl over top of people. But women, we we want support from each other. We are we love to be connected. So how do you overcome that in teaching other women in the next 30 seconds or so? Give us just a little snippet of how you help women to be more collaborative and mentor others. Sure. So so one of the things that I um, love to coach women on is just developing relationships. We cannot be influential in the workplace unless we nurture relationships and those relationships in particular with other women because we are very relational and we're very supportive by nature. So if we can nurture those relationships and focus on those relationships with other women, we could really break a lot of those barriers down. Oh, that's a great word. Ellie, you know, I was totally fascinated when you shared your passions with me. Number one, you help women to navigate the work environment, and then you have a particular passion for helping Christian women handle office politics. So if you would, would you start by defining office politics, and then would you share with us how on earth do you help women do that? (laughs) Sure. So, you know, engaging in office politics is often perceived as uh, manipulative and self-serving, but developing political savvy is really the art of successfully navigating through an organization to get things done. And getting things done can mean a myriad of things, like knowing who to call um, to get you to move a request along, uh, being able to influence a hiring decision, the ability to access key resources to help you complete projects, having access to key influencers who can give you high visibility assignments or a new career opportunity. This ability to get things done is key to succeeding in our careers. And striving to succeed in our careers is not a bad thing. You know, our God is all about promotion. It's how we go about getting to the next level that really matters. So whether our approach is good or bad really depends on our intentions and the impact of our actions. Did you just say our God is all about promotion? Yes, I did. What on earth are you talking about, Ellie? (laughs) (laughs) Our God is all about getting us to the next level. Our God, uh, his intention is for us to do well. Uh, His plans for us are for us to succeed, Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, but we have to do it in a way that honors him and who he is and what he wants for us. You know, and the, the trick is that office politics, you know, is a fact of life, especially if you are working in a secular workplace. 
So developing political savvy has never been more important than in today's challenging workplace. You know, in the U.S., women make up 44.3% of the workforce. And with this growing number of Christian women entering the workforce every day, these women are skillful. They're relational. They have the desire to get ahead in their careers. Yet office politics is an area where Christian women uh, are often challenged and they want to steer clear of it. Uh, Christian women, they can succeed at organizational politics without compromising their faith. And that's how I like to help them. That's the area where I like to help them get ahead. Politics is an issue for all women. But for Christian women in the workplace, they find it particularly challenging because they feel like somehow in order to get ahead, they have to compromise on their values. So instead of taking any action, what ends up happening is that they feel stuck and they get frustrated because they're not engaging in the organizational dynamics. So they live in a state of ambivalence. And that's because they believe that engaging in this political behavior is somehow inauthentic or will cause them to compromise their Christian values. So Christian women can develop political savvy by stopping and thinking about what the organizational power flow is within their organization. And assuming that you work in a place that doesn't, doesn't violate your personal values, your goal should be to understand your cultural dynamics and to engage in it because you cannot be a leader from the sidelines. You cannot engage uh, as a leader if you're not purposely interacting with people in your organization, understanding how the power flows, understanding who the decision makers are, and understanding how you can strategically place yourself in a position where you are now influencing that dynamic as well. So I spend a lot of time chatting with women about who the key players are within their organization, identifying how it is that they need to go about building strategic relationships, and talking about the workflow and how they can strategically position themselves to take on key assignments that will help help them to leverage uh, the, the promotion dynamics within their organization so that they can also uh, put themselves in a position to get ahead strategically and effectively. So you have said a ton that is just kind of a whole new pair perspective for me, and I'm thinking for our listeners as well, because so many times we hear about office politics, it's negative, it's sideways, it's, um, you know, m- maybe it's getting through just some red tape and or um, compromising, like you said, you know, that's our perspective on office politics. But what you're saying, um, I think could revolutionize a lot of people's work environments, because what you're saying is learn the culture. And as long as it's a culture built on integrity, so, you you know, it's not the norm to say, okay, well, you're going to, you know, go sideways around this issue in order to get a promotion. Um, but you're actually saying learn the strategy of the culture so that people can utilize it a- in order to be recognized, to be advanced, um, to make the right moves um, within the organization. And I, I just want to park on that for a minute because I think our listeners, um, this might really get their attention to say, okay, so there are things that they can do, um, that make sense in order to, um, 
get the things done that they want to get done. So, Ellie, I'm, I'm hoping for a specific example. And if you don't have a specific example, I will give you one because it used to happen to me all the time in corporate. Sure, I could. I, I have many examples. Okay, I great. Have, um, <laughs> yeah, a specific example of how how to approach office politics from a Christian perspective. An example. Sure. So there's this young woman who um, was uh, in a company that was undergoing several changes, and one of the changes was that her boss. Um, was leaving the company, and she now had a new boss coming in. And you are completely aware that whenever a new leader comes into an organization, within the first 90 days, you can expect some sort of a shakeup, an organizational shakeup. Absolutely. So under her current boss, she was doing really well. But under this new boss, she noticed that she wasn't able to develop a really good relationship with this individual, and she was trying to get in and have regular conversations, but it didn't seem to be happening the way she, you know, she wasn't connecting in the right way. So she got an inkling that perhaps it was, you know, she was going to be, um, you know, orga- organizationally uh, pushed out of the organization somehow. So she started to talk to individuals within her company, realized that there was a particular department that was on the upswing, that the company was now focusing on uh, new technological developments. And one of the biggest um, areas that was now about to start booming within the organization was cybersecurity. She had just registered for a graduate program and decided that because the company was going through this change, she decided to now focus a lot of her coursework on cybersecurity. And uh, she was right, actually. Um, the person that had just taken over the organization was going to push her out, but because she started networking with the individuals that were starting to design that cybersecurity area, and she was now taking uh, on some of these courses in that area, she decided to volunteer for the summer internship program which was a little unusual because she was already an employee in the organization, Mm -hmm. but she thought that that might be a good way for her to get in there and start meeting some of the individuals in that particular department. And because she was taking those courses, they agreed to that. And she kind of became a leader amongst the other interns because she already knew how to navigate the company. And a lot of the interns would look to her for leadership. And because she was learning all this information at school, she was now uh, contributing a lot of new uh, cutting edge kind of advice. She was bringing that to the table and the forefront and they started to find a lot of value in her. So when a position opened in that cybersecurity area, she raised her hand and because she had already developed those relationships and had demonstrated that she had some leadership capabilities, she actually made a smooth transition out from her current job to the next job. But it was all because she understood that there was a change in her organization. She started to strategically position herself for the shift, and she started to developing the necessary relationships to make that shift happen. Do you find as you talk to women, um, and, I mean, obviously there's a real need for this, and you're feeling that in your heart, which is why you're pursuing these things. But when you start to talk to women that their career God built them a certain way to do certain things that you really empower them to take even bolder steps? Yes. And one of the ways I love to launch a coaching engagement uh, with is to 
figure out what the woman's personal strengths are. I don't believe that there is a cookie cutter formula to a particular person's success. I believe that everyone's journey is unique because God has blessed us with unique talents and abilities and gifts. And those uh, talents, abilities, and gifts need to be taken into consideration so that you can be authentic in how you reach your goals. You don't want to try to become someone that you're not because you're not going to be successful trying to put on someone else's hat. You can only be successful being your God-given self and meeting your God-given potential. I like to use the Bible as my filter for anything that I learn in the secular market. Mm, mm, what's and that look like? So it looks example. like I'll read, I'll read something in a leadership book, I'll read something in a Harvard Business Review article, and depending on what the topic is, I will go about searching it out in the Bible. You've been listening to I Work Room with your host, Jim, Martha, and Caroline. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at IWorkForHim and online, IWorkForHim.com.